Life Audio. Thank you for joining us for Sound Reasoning with Christian apologist and minister Perseus Poku of Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's program will educate, train, and empower you to defend your Christian faith with confidence. Perseus has his bachelor's in history and a master's degree in apologetics. We hope you enjoy this time of equipping so that you can answer questions to defend your Christian faith effectively. Now here's Perseus Poku on Sound Reasoning. Welcome to Sound Reasoning. I am your host, Perseus Poku. On today's episode, we want to talk about the doctrine of humanity, the doctrine of humanity. And after a word from our sponsors, we'll get started on the topic today. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. And what we want to talk about is the teachings or the biblical concept of what it means to be a human, according to God. Um, And this doctrine is not based on what people are doing, but rather what people ought to do. Uh, Because God created us for a purpose. God created us uh, with a destiny in mind. And we as human beings have uh, a standard. And that standard must be reflected with God in, the, uh, in, in our view. God has set the standard, and we must step up to it. For some of you all, um, you may be familiar with Gen- Genesis 1.26, where it says we are made in the image of God. We are made in the image of God. And I think we need to think about this verse um, to make sure that we are clear, to make sure that uh, we are hermeneutically sound in our interpretation of that verse. When God says we're made in his image, we're not made in his image ontologically, meaning that we're not little gods. Um, sometimes in the early 90s, there were those who uh, preached and taught that we were little gods. No, we are not divine. God is divine. He's solely divine. We are created. We are finite, whereas God is infinite. We are uh, finite beings. I don't know uh, another way to describe it. Uh, God has uh, given us the ability to create. So when God talks about Um, he made us in his image, 
there are some virtues, there's some characteristics we have on the finite level, whereas God possesses it infinitely. So, for example, the ability to create, God created the universe. God has given us the ability to create. When we look at skyscrapers, when we look at bridges, when we look at buildings, when we look at our homes, when we look at artwork, we see that we have that innate ability to create. Another example, God loves, and he loves perfectly, whereas we too love, but our love is imperfect. This is why we need a Savior who is perfect so we can know what the standard of love is. So in that way, we're also made in the image of God. Then God forgives. And in the same manner, we too are commissioned or commanded to forgive. God forgives perfectly, whereas we forgive uh, finitely. And so even though uh, we're not God in terms of being divine, there are some attributes that he wants us to have that is reflective of who he is ontologically. And we'll never be God ontologically. But we can replicate uh, some of the virtues that he's given us. So in that sense, we're made in the image of God. There are some characteristics, there's some traits that he wants us to possess and that he wants us to exhibit. God reconciles. Uh, In the same way, he calls on us to reconcile. Um, By preaching the gospel, we allow or give people an opportunity to be reconciled back to the Father. So this doctrine of humanity is important. When we look all around us in our communities, when we look at our neighborhoods, when we look at our country, when we look at the world, it's evident that something is broken. And as I said uh, just last week, humanity, in many cases, many of us, we are out of order. Uh, Very similar to uh, when you um, go to a restroom and they have a sign up saying it's out of order. It's out of order because something is broken most of the time. It's out of order because some repairs need to be made. So, likewise, we are out of order. Humanity is out of order. Seems like uh, even with sin, sin, sin has uh, left a mark on us in the sense that it has corrupted uh, the standards that God had originally in the garden. But yet, that's what Jesus came for. Jesus came to uh, bring us up to the standard that God had for us in the beginning. So the devil didn't win. Uh, Through the resurrection, through the atonement, Jesus made it possible for us to be restored to our rightful position. And we don't have to die to go to heaven to experience a piece of heaven right here on earth. God is still calling us to live holy. He's still calling uh, calling on us to be that royal priesthood. He's still calling on us to um, be overcomers, to persevere. God is calling on us to let our light shine and not hide it under a bushel. So, uh, in that sense, Genesis 1.26, we're made in the image of God, not ontologically, but functionally in a finite way. 
where God has it perfectly, we, had, we, we reflect it imperfectly. Where God has it infinitely, we display it finitely. So we must strive to be uh, reflective of the virtues that God wants us to have. And the only way we can do that is to accept Christ as our Lord and Savior and to make him Lord and to obey his commandments. So if we want our society to get better, if we want our homes to get better, the man has to know what a man looks like and what the standard of manhood is. The woman has to know what a woman looks like and the standard of womanhood that God has placed in our hands. The children have to know what God, who God is and what he looks like according to scripture. And the parents have to be parents and the children have to be children who believe in God and who revere the Lord. So this doctrine of humanity uh, brings about this look into our ontology. And by ontology, O-N-T-O-L-O-G-Y, we mean beingness, beingness. Uh, there's divine being, which is God. There's the divine being. Then we have um, what God uh, 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 has created, angelic beings, as, as an example. And then we have human beings, as an example. And we can go on and on. But let me introduce to you this doctrine of soul. Man is the body-soul unit. And in Christian circles, this is not a major essential, but uh, in Christian circles, there's this um, difference of opinion on whether we're a body and soul unit or are we body, soul, and spirit uh, unit. Uh, Either one is fine. It's a biblical view, uh, whether we are a, a body, soul, or are we body, soul, and spirit. So for our purposes on this program, we're just going to deal with the body and soul. I believe that uh, the soul, it can be proven biblically that the soul and spirit are used interchangeably throughout the scriptures. Um, I believe it's referring to the same inanimate part of our humanity that excites our body. So the soul excites our body. The soul is what makes us animated. But God created Three types of souls, and I want you to consider this. God created three types of soul. The first one I want to introduce uh, is the animalistic soul. God created animals, and uh, when he created the animalistic souls, um, he made them according to their own kind. The same thing with the second uh, type of creation or type of soul. God created the vegetative type of soul. And the same thing, he created them after their own kinds. And it's interesting, uh, when I was growing up, you would see, uh, even on television, this, uh, this whole uh, mindset of talking to plants. And uh, the owners would talk to the plants, and they believed that it made a difference in terms of how long the plant lived. Even though they were watering the plant, even though they were putting soil uh, good soil, the planting good soil, even though they put other ingredients into the soil, they would also talk to the plant. Why did they talk to the plant? Because through research, through experience, uh, some plant owners have discovered that plants respond to speech. Let us take a break to recognize our sponsors, and we'll be right back.
Now, I, I'm not a botanist. I, I, I don't know all the ins and outs that goes with that, but it makes sense. God created the animalistic soul, and he created the vegetative soul. So plant have souls. And, and when we say souls, we're talking about the, in, uh, um, the uh, invisible, uh, inanimate part of, uh, of, uh, of a created uh, being that gives it life. So plant lives and plant dies. So plants have souls. So in that sense, we, we coined the term souls uh, to, add, uh, to connect it to plants and vegetation. Then the third thing, or the third types of soul, is us, the human being. We, as I said before, are a body and soul unit. And we were made in the image of God. Uh, God uh, made us in a special way. God made us uh, as such uh, that we would have dominion over his creation. In Hebrews 2, 5 through 8, there's a very interesting passage. It says, uh, you have made him for a little while lower than the angels. You have crowned him with glory and honor and have appointed him over the works of your hands. You have put all things in, subject, in sub, uh, subjection under his feet. For in subject, subjecting all things to him, he left nothing that is not subject to him. But now we do not see yet all things subjected to him. And in Christ, we find our true position. In Christ, we find our purpose. In Christ, we learn how to think like a human. A lot of things going on in our society is inhumane. That's the term that we've come up with. It's inhumane, but I'm speaking from a divine perspective, not a sociological perspective, but a divine perspective. There are things that we're doing in our society now that's not right. Whenever we take parental rights away from parents and we try to groom and train them in the school system, we are out of order. Whenever a man leaves his family because he no longer wants the responsibility, we are out of order. Whenever a woman that has um, a child uh, give little regards to the men that she's bringing into her life, we are out of order. Whenever we allow the school system to indoctrinate our children about gender identity and we refuse to speak up, we're out of order. So God has created us to find our purpose in him, not our purpose in science, not our purpose in psychology or sociology, but to find our purpose in him first. And once God uh, is imprinted, his words are imprinted on our heart, and his words are tied around our neck, as the Old Testament says. Then we can see the world, clear, the world clearly when God is in his proper place. So even the ability to love, in what ways are we made in the image of God? In God, we find these attributes such as love perfectly. How man ought to love. We throw that word around all the time, but Few people understand what God's love is all about, the ability to forgive. Again, uh, God does that, but he wants us to do it. The ability to create, God creates, and he wants us to do it in, in, in our abilities that he's given us. But God is truth, and it's true that God has a recipe for what 
a man's job is supposed to be. Uh, that man should work. Uh, that man should toil the earth. That man should not be lazy. That man should speak the truth. Uh, that man should uh, realize and give acknowledgement to the creator. And the man should worship the creator. That man should uh, proclaim the gospel. That man uh, should tell others and encourage them in their walk. This is uh, some of the responsibilities that men, mankind, when I say man, I'm, I'm talking about mankind. Mankind has been given, has been given by God himself. And we have a responsibility to preach the gospel in season and out of season. Uh, as a Christian man, every day I'm talking to God, and every day I'm leaning on him to show me how to be a good husband. I need God to show me how to be a good father. I need God to show me how to uh, take care of the resources, the doctrine of stewardship, how, how to save and how to spend, how to invest, how, how, uh, uh, how to take care of the things he's given me. This is the responsibility for all Christians, that we must get to know the Father, we must get to know the Creator, so he can show us our purpose, that he can show us what he's called us to do. Then even in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 3, uh, there's an interesting verse. It says, Know ye not that we shall judge angels? How much more things that pertain to this life? So this is an interesting passage that in the end days, we're going to be in a position to judge angels. This is how much God thinks of us. So being a human being uh, should not be taken lightly. You could have been created uh, as a cow, as a bullock. You could have been created as a spider. You could have been created as an ant. But God chose you to be human. And as, a, as humans, he's given us a higher level of intelligence. He's given us the ability to think and to uh, coordinate and to uh, behave in a way that's not animalistic. But it seems like every time we turn around, people are, some people are acting like they're not human. They're acting like they're animals. Uh, and, and by that, uh, animals uh, primarily uh, live out of instinct. They don't think the way that we think. They, they are dependent, uh, totally dependent on uh, uh, humans to take care of them. And so we, we are a higher level of creation. God has given us the ability to uh, think on a higher level, on a humanistic level. And as a result, when we think on, a human, human, uh, when we think on that level that God created us as human beings to think, we're able to fulfill the standard of living that he's given us. We're able to coordinate. We're able to organize. We're able to process science. We're able to unpack theories. We're able to be a higher creative being. We're able to do these things because we're humans. If you put a monkey in front of a typewriter, the monkey may type uh, on a typewriter, but it's not going to make sense. We, however, we have been given a higher level of intelligence, and that ability is to be used for the glory of God. This is all part of the doctrine of humanity. Who are you? Who are you? 
Do you find your worthiness in the state that you grew up in? Is that where you find your purpose? Do you find your purpose and your worth in the school that you graduated from? Do you find your purpose, your worth in the number of degrees you have in your files or on your walls? Uh, Who are you? And God is challenging us that we need to find our identity in him. We need to find our identity in him first, and then everything else will fall in line. Who are we? We are overcomers. Remember that we're overcomers. We are sojourners. We're passing through. We don't live this life as, as, the, as if this is the end. Uh, we don't live this life as believers like we don't have another home. We are passing through because Jesus is coming back, and then there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. So we have to get ready. While we're living in this life, we still have our heads tilted upwards because we have dual citizenship. I am a Christian who has his passport stamped by the blood of Jesus Christ, and I'm going to be in heaven one day. But at the same time, while I'm here on earth, God has a purpose for me. God has a lifestyle for me to live. God has a message for me to proclaim. God is doing something inwardly in me. He's teaching me how to be more holy. He's teaching me how to live sanctified. He's teaching me how to be more spiritual. Every day, I'm working on my faith. Every day, I'm learning to surrender more and more to Jesus Christ. I may not be perfect, but I strive for perfection because my model is perfect. Let me say it again. I'm not perfect. But I strive for perfection because my model, Jesus Christ, he's perfect. And this is the mantra that all of us need to have. What type of human are you? Are you still confused about who you are? Have your mind been transformed? And I love what Paul says in Romans 12 chapter. Uh, Be transformed by the renewing of of your mind that you may prove that good and acceptable, perfect will of God, which is your reasonable service. That's the least we can do. Our minds must be transformed. Our minds have to change, and we have to start learning what God's level of humanity is. Let him dictate to you what a man should be. Let him dictate to you what a woman should be. Let him dictate to you Uh, how love should look, how forgiveness should look, how righteousness should look. God created us for these things that he may win others to himself. So when we talked about ontology, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about beingness. What type of being are we? Are we functioning in the capacity that God wants us to function in? Or are we guessing our way through life? Are we, uh, tempting God? Are we listening to other people instead of listening to the Savior? What type of human are you? Are you the mother that revere God? And do your children uh, count themselves as blessed, like Proverbs 31 uh, uh, woman? Uh, what, What type of Christian are you? What type of husband are you? Are you a faithful husband? Are you a husband uh, whose children sees as holy? Uh, Are we living up to the creed that God has given us as it relates to what uh, a man should do or what a woman should do. And if you're single, 
It's the same thing. Are you content in your singleness or are you miserable because you're waiting for someone to come into your life? We must first find our contentment in Jesus Christ. Whether you're married or unmarried, each one of us must learn to be content in whatever state that you're in. Paul says, I've, I've learned in plenty uh, to be content. I've learned in want when I needed things to be content. So in either or either state of our existence, we need to learn to love God, find contentment in him, learn more about his desire for our lives and his standard for our lives, and let's step up to it. Let's step up to it because uh, there's no reason for us to not have joy when we have access to the joy creator. So, again, this is uh, the doctrine of humanity and how God created us and what he desires for us. And I hope that something has been said to bless you and cause you to grow closer to Jesus the Christ. Again, we thank you all for your prayers. Uh, we thank you all for uh, the things that you do in your community to bring light to the gospel. And as always, we need your support. Uh, if you would, consider becoming a monthly supporter of Sound Reasoning. Uh, we, we have so much work uh, to do for God, but we need your partnership. So please go on our website, if you would, srministries.org. Uh, you can make out a check to SRM or Sound Reasoning Ministries and, and mail it to us as well. And remember to do for the truth what so many people do for a lie. God bless. Thanks for listening to Sound Reasoning with apologist and minister Perseus Poku from Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's lesson has equipped you to share and defend your Christian faith with boldness. Sound Reasoning Ministries offers training in apologetics, biblical studies, and systematic theology. Join in on discussions on Facebook at Sound Reasoning Ministries. For more information about the ministry, to send an email, ask a question, or support the ministry, visit online at srministries.org. That's srministries.org. Listen again next week at this same time. And remember, Titus 1.9 says, Hold firm to the trustworthy messages has been taught so that you can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. Sound Reasoning Ministries, srministries.org. And as always, we would like to thank our friends at Life Audio for their partnership with us on this broadcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you Hi, I'm Zach. And I'm Randy. And we're from Salty Saints Podcast. We're a theology and apologetics podcast. We hope to better equip you to be salt and light for your community. Uh, we hope that we can help you to go out and be a reflection of Jesus Christ to those around you, uh, to your friends and your family, and especially to those that do not know Christ. To find out more, subscribe at lifeaudio.com.